Oh, Steve, what the fuck happened today? Merry Christmas, Nick. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, it was a bit of a mess, that, wasn't it? It was an awful oh, fail. Oh, my God. It wasn't very easy to arrange a Christmas podcast, was it? No, it all kind of fell through at the last minute. I thought last year I had like the whole afternoon to get ready. I was like pottering about. I mean, if you remember, I made my flat all look all Christmassy so we could record it. Yeah. I haven't done any of this. I've been no. busy all day. So I originally, this is um, my fault. I originally arranged to go to Cambridge to see Steve on Saturday the 23rd. But then it transpired because I was dashing around so much. I was visiting my mum who lives about 60 miles from Cambridge. I don't want to bore you with the logistics, <laughs> listeners. But basically, I said to Steve um, earlier in the week, oh, this isn't going to work. Can we meet somewhere else halfway or something? Anyway, Steve said, no, no, I'll come to you. And I thought he meant come to my mum's house in Whittlebury. So I sent him the address and the postcode. So which I, thought, I ignored. Which Steve, doesn't, Steve never reads any messages. I don't have always, time. That's what he says. He doesn't have time to read a four-word message on WhatsApp. <laughs> So then I was at my mum. I stayed back at my mum's after Maria left. And I was sitting there all like ready to go. <laughs> Did Had you have Steve's the stuff? Pardon? Did you have the stuff? Had all the podcast stuff uh, with me. Okay. <laughs> Bought Steve some presents. They're all piled up, ready to go. Sitting there in the morning, thinking, oh, well, watch Football Focus. Have a bit of lunch. Steve will probably rock up about lunchtime. So I was like, Steve, how are you getting on? Where are you? And so they hadn't left yet. Turned out he was coming to Salisbury. Yeah. Which is where I live. <laughs> So then I had to get on the train and come all the way back to Salisbury. So Steve came down here and rocked up about, well, what time is it now, Steve? It's about seven o'clock, Nick. Seven o'clock in the evening. And we were about to rock it, rock it big styly with the Christmas, Christmas podcast. podcast. Hey. So we're here. Hey, 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 hey. here we go. Hey, hey. that's a beer for Steve. And that's a beer for me. There we Merry, go. Cheers. Merry Christmas, Christmas everyone. Yeah. And yeah. Steve, you've got a treat here because not only are you drinking beer, but you're drinking Banks's Banks Bitter. Is that good? Brewed in Wolverhampton. I'm good. Do I, does it taste of Birmingham? It tastes fuck <laughs> off. Tastes of Wolverhampton, mate. So I could smell the same place to me. I could smell the hops from this brewery when I was at break at school. It was <laughs> literally really? yeah, because it's literally about um, three hundred yards from my school, the brewery. Really? So when the wind was blowing in the right direction, you could smell them. Smell them when the hops was being fermented or cooked or whatever so when you were like so, so little nick Evel, uh, nick evans mm. he sat there you know learning in his science class and you just got like bit the smell of beer wafting through sometimes absolutely yeah oh it's better than mike's class. i think that may have like you know made me have a love for beer maybe <laughs> maybe yeah living next to brewery yeah, well, uh, we're here now. It's Christmassy. We made it. It's Christmassy. We're in my house. Yeah, it's very In Salisbury, Christmas. there's a Christmas tree up. There's I mistletoe. had nothing to do with the Christmas tree. That was my wife. It's beautiful. We've got cards up everywhere. There's mistletoe hanging over the door. I haven't kissed Steve yet. There's two lots of mistletoe. There's two there must lots be lots of, of kissing going on in this house. Yeah, we had that at the end of the day. My, We were in the market. Salisbury does a market on a Saturday afternoon. A Christmas afternoon. market. Well, it does a normal market. Right. This is part of the normal market. And there was a chap who runs a flower stall and he had a bucket. And it had some withered-looking mistletoe in it. Yeah. My mum was visiting at the same time, and she drove a hard bargain. So, so kind of insulted him till he gave it to us for like a pound. So it looks dead. That one does. Really? So she played like <laughs> she played mind games. She exactly. pulled a Jedi mind trick. So These are ended, not the droids you're looking for. We ended up with a vast amount of mistletoe. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's, it's it's like Santa's grotto in here. Nick. Ho 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 ho! <laughs> Merry Christmas. Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Machine, 
Lionel. Why do we need Patrick? Oscar. Isaac. Transplanting. Steve, do you want to hear a funny story? Go on in. Is it science related? Yeah. Good. So um, I, we should book booze more when we when we do the podcast. <laughs> more. I'm just going to have we? some beer. Mm, mm. <laughs> it was Christmas. We were allowed to. Um, so yeah. uh, where do you do you have you a copy of your PhD? No, only electronic. Only electronic. I couldn't, oh do you know my why? god, your new I generation couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford, it. Couldn't afford to print skin. it. Yeah, so I couldn't afford to print it. I think you know my boss paid for me. To yeah, my it. boss didn't. Mark, if you're listening. Yeah, you could have totally paid for it, and you didn't. My boss paid for me. I offered to pay for my students, and then they they didn't take me up on on it. You could, yeah, I would. T- I, would I definitely. Pay my you know students. what? I definitely. You totally should pay. I for definitely that. offered Agnieszka, but maybe Edo. Maybe I didn't make that clear. Sorry, guys. <laughs> From now on, but you can make you can make a promise to all future Evans Lab graduates yeah. that you will pay Dan, for I the printing and binding of their thesis. I'll definitely pay. It's quite expensive. It's like fifty quid a pop or something. I, I can't remember. I mean, when I did it, it was two thousand four. Anyway, yeah, I keep. I've got a copy here. Right. My mum's got a copy. Yeah. And my dad's got a copy. Right. So I've got three copies. Did they like read the uh, the acknowledgements and then put it back on the shelf and never look at it ever again? Uh probably. Yeah. That's Although my my nephew got it out. This Christmas when we were up in really yeah got it out right had a look what's the title of your thesis it's called um, non-invasive fluorescence based methods for glucose sensing in diabetes right or some assortment of words is that less than ten is that fewer than ten words Nick well some of them spoke about your favorite you you don't like things of two of those words are hyphenated so I think that if you (laughs) count word count it would come under ten fair enough. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> yeah, it's under ten. Um, it's a cracking read. If you ever in the British Library, oh. pop a request in. And, and for mine, Thumb obviously. Through it. I actually, there's actually a five pound note in it. Is there really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> someone, someone told me about that once. Apparently, you should put a fiver in and then look in ten years and see if it's still be there. Yeah. Of course, it will. No one's looked at it. Um, anyway, my a colleague of mine. I've decided I'm not going to name who it is. Okay. In this let's story, call, let's call this person uh, Jeff. Um, let's call them Jessica. Jessica. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's get All the. Right. Um, I mean, we are. Gen- we should be gender neutral, but it, it just makes more makes more interesting. Okay. Anyway, Jessica. this person, so this Jessica? person, I I know she she yeah. had her PhD. Th- she's only got one copy. Yeah. And we we're we both kind of above forty. Yeah. And we didn't really keep electronic. Versions. I don't have any copy of really? my thesis. No, you don't have an electronic copy. I of did your have own a thesis. PDF once. I had it on about. But didn't you make it on? It was. The computer? Be, it was even before. Um, uh, what they called those flash things? drives. Flash drives. You should <laughs> ev- listeners. What Nick just did there is he moved his his finger and his 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 index finger and his thumb in a horizontal <laughs> band backwards and forwards to describe to do that international hand signal of a thumb drive. I do know I have it on there. I've got an electronic copy of it, but it's on those. I can't remember what they're called either. They're like floppies. Zip but drives? Big, yeah, those. I've got like, it on zip the, te- the technological advancements <laughs> that, that Nick is aware of. I've got chapters on Why vinyl. Why can't everything just be like vinyl? <laughs> I literally have. I wish I could have my thesis on vinyl. <laughs> like a gold one like they just had like on the Voyager. Binary blips. Yeah. <laughs> tell a computer in noise how to <laughs> yeah. put it in. Anyway, um... Yeah, I've got it on floppies as well. Each chapter on a different floppy. I've still got them upstairs. Chapter four written in felt tip pen on a floppy. Right. Yeah. Have you Dude, really? this was in the early. People weren't. You know, wow. it wasn't. It's amazing how much things have changed and how quickly they have. Anyway, 
that's just me yeah. being old talking about things like that. Anyway, I've got I don't have an electronic copy. I don't know where it is. I couldn't immediately get one to hand. Yeah. But I do have a hard copy of it. Anyway, our friend Jessica, she had a hard copy of her PhD thesis. Okay. She lent it. Her student was writing up. So she, right. He let she lent it to the student, said, Oh, you can have a look at mine right. and look at the general structure. I often do that as well. And my yeah. thesis is known colloquially in the lab as the Bible. Yeah, I, I go back to my thesis routinely. <laughs> I actually do. And like, because I know there will be certain references in there and I often want people to, to I, I, I definitely go back to it a lot. Yeah, so she lent it to this uh, student. And yeah. subsequently, um, the student spilled tea on it, claimed. Well, it went missing. Apparently, there it's was a, there was something to do with a burglary. The thesis disappeared. What? Someone don't, did... don't, I don't okay. know. Let, All right. It, it, that sounds like a strange story, doesn't it? Basically, As if so you're going to burglar house and steal a thesis. My, my dog ate my homework. <laughs> yeah. It's like the academic, the PhD equivalent of the, my dog ate anyway, my homework. The PhD went missing. So one right. way or another, the thesis was mislaid. Okay. Jessica was really. Um, upset about it because right. it was the only the copy she had. had yeah really gutted so she wasn't best pleased with the student however yeah. it was lost anyway forget about it skip forward she was in a um a meeting with some um of her tutees yeah right so this was a few weeks ago and they were just you know discussing work yeah. essays boring undergraduate matters and um, they Snapchat, apparently, the young folk do. They do. They I've, do heard of, I've heard of that, the Snapchats. And one of them had seen a book in a charity shop no. in a suburb of Southampton and Snapchat it to one of the people in the tutorial when Jessica was there. Her thesis found in a charity shop somewhere in a suburb of Southampton. What? What? How much, how, wait, wait, wait. How much was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we don't actually that's still unknown also oh, it hasn't been recovered yet well wait oh, so cl- this is a good story so so jessica yeah she immediately because she wants the thesis but badly she leaves immediately at that minute yeah leaves to go and recce we weren't sure which charity shop it was she goes in about five or six <laughs> charity shops and the people that work in charity shops it's like an episode of space <laughs> <laughs> the people that work in charity shops are not generally like you know, some of them are lovely, but they're not sort of professional people, are they? No, generally not. No, volunteers. Volunteers, yeah, really lovely volunteers. But um, they, she was you know, having struggling to explain find the situation. Yeah. Anyway, she got one one charity shop. She was talking to the person behind the counter <laughs> in a charity shop scene. Yeah, it's about you know, it's 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 this color. It's about this big. You know, it yeah. had my name on it. And as she's talking, a guy behind her says, "Hey, was it um, you know, the University of?" Of wherever, you know, yeah. was it? It, it was. And you're like, yeah. Yes, that's it. It's that was it. She says it was down there. They looked so down there. Some, someone's Gone. had it. Someone's bought it. Someone's bought. <laughs> someone's bought the thesis. Oh, I really don't know how much it's worth. Someone's bought the thesis, and that's really where the story ends. Well, what I think we have to put a call out on social media. I think a hashtag. A hashtag. Where's the Where's the thesis hashtag? Yeah. Find where's my thesis. my thesis. Find my thesis. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was quite a weird story because to to start off losing your what is effectively a worthless book, but means yeah. a lot to you. Very much so, yeah. Think it's lost forever. It turns up found it. by someone you know tangentially in a charity shop somewhere. You find to the go immediately shop. to the charity shop and find that somebody has bought it because they want. I wonder it. how much it was. <laughs> 
Well, it will only be a, like a 50p or something, I would have thought. Yeah. Well, why would you want a thesis? I mean, they must be using it as like maybe in a pub to make it look like ye oldie or right, something. Because it's like it's like leather bound. It's a hardback book. It looks yeah. quite posh. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, so there's no end to the story yet. So we need to we need to find the thesis. No. So no. if any of any of the shedlings out there happen to be around someone's house, yeah. and there's a and there's a thesis, I'm not into both thesis. Uh, yeah, just ask them about it, mm. and we can find it. We can hopefully return it to Jessica's as the rightful owner of the thesis. Nick. Hey, Steve. So 2017. You had an idea, didn't you? I've got an idea. What are we so, going to do? So, so 2017 is coming to a close. It is. And so part of Christmas and New Year's, that time is to kind of reflect on the on the previous year. Yeah. One of the things that's you know I think we both enjoy is, is I try not to reflect more to blot out, blot out, blot yeah. out. That's what. Well, well, yeah, make make a small chamber inside my mind <laughs> with a padlock on it. Put all of the things inside, bury it, close deep. the lid, and put the padlock and lock it all up tight. No, but so you I don't... never hear about it again until it starts rattling around in Lost late middle age. And then I have to go and see someone about it. Yeah, it costs thousands and thousands of pounds in therapy. No, um, anyway. yeah, we, it's good to reflect on the year. And I really like things that do that. Like I always enjoy the, like the retrospectives and, and the things about... <clears throat> you know, Charlie, Charlie Brooker's Scream Up isn't happening this year. Yeah, no. Which is a shame. But that yeah. kind of thing. But anyway, one of the things that we, I was thinking about is um, some big albums of the year, right? Mm. I thought what we could do is list, is is decide on a, an album of the year that we liked, and then we can go through and do a kind of sciency theme thing on the track listing of that album. What do you reckon? Uh, do, an album that we liked. Well, a big album an of album, the year. An album. Yeah. Okay. Because you've picked an album, haven't you? We have picked. An you've, album, Steve's yeah. picked an album. Well, we, initially we, Steve we had... picked another album, and I vetoed it yeah. because it was Ed fucking <laughs> Sheeran. What's wrong with Ed Sheeran? Um, I don't like his music right. or his stupid face. What? That's just you. Just hate gingers. I know it's your problem. I don't hate gingers. No. Well, I, we He's did used chief. to play normals against gingers football in the playground <laughs> at school. There was Normal. a lot of them all Hampton. Um, no, I don't like Ed Sheeran because I don't like the sound of his music. Okay. I find it irritating. You do recognise that a lot of people do. That's fine, man. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. But you just don't want to build him. I into just your don't podcast. want him near me in my oral vicinity. <laughs> Because it, it irritates me a lot. Um, and that's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got another, you had you had another idea. We both came up with a different one. We came up with a different one, but... What's the other one? <laughs> it's Stormzy. It's Stormzy, the Stormzy's album this year, Gang Signs and Prayer. Which is a huge album. A massive album. And which I have... Enjoyed a bit when I've heard it. Yeah, so I thought what we do is so Nick and I are going to do a bit of a I quick fire it science. Was a Rush album from 1977. We can do Rush if you want. No, let's do this one. Okay. Stormzy. Well, okay. I've already done it now. Okay, I'm so ready to rock and roll. So we're going to go through each of the track listings on this album and try and, and find some science. In try each and do track. some science. It's got to be relative. There's 16 tracks on this album, so we've got to be relatively quick here. Okay. Quick, quick fire science. You ready? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Go. Okay, Nick. First things first. First yeah. album. Uh, so I was thinking about the first um, element, the first element. So the first element is hydrogen. A couple of interesting bits about hydrogen. Um, do you know um, uh, about 10% of your mass by weight is made up of hydrogen? So it's about, Bullshit. Yeah. Is that because of water? Well, because basically of water, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so about eight, you know, probably about eight kilos of you is hydrogen. It's hydrogen. It's cool, huh? Why don't I blow up then? Because it's attached to oxygen. Oh, okay. Yeah. First things first. 
Cold. Track two, cold. Tell me something about the cold. Oh, Steve, what, what have diet pills and hamsters got in common? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, Nick, what the diet pills and hamsters got in common. I don't know whether you've ever seen on the news. Occasionally, someone dies from taking diet pills. Right, normally, they just like a load of caffeine. So, like, in the daily speech, ma- speech and metabolism. Nah, nah, the main you know? ones that you get in the Daily Mail. There's been like about five or six different stories of people dying from diet pills. They may. They've often got this thing called dinitrophenol in them. Right, which does but, what? Well, basically, it um, it makes your you know in, in each of your cells you've got an energy house. Yeah. Called the mitochondria. Yep. Makes the energy. Yeah. Right. But usually it burns sugar and it couples the burning of the sugar to making ATP. Yeah. So it's like a coupled reaction. The 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 energy from the sugar burning does useful work. Okay. All right. If you take that away, if you take the coupling away, it just makes heat. Mm. So basically the diet pills, it's like taking a car out of gear. Right. Yeah, so you've yeah. got your foot on the accelerator, you take it out into neutral, the engine over revs, it explodes. Yeah. Produces a lot of heat, but that uses energy, you see, so people get thinner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, makes you really makes you really hot. That's what people die of. They get hyperthermia. They get, people they get too, die, and all of their hot. cells die, burst, and that kills their kidneys. Why has that got anything to do with hamsters? Because uh, hamsters do the same thing. They, they can be- need to keep warm. Right, so they've they got a genetic diet pill That's in their mitochondria cool. that uses the energy to keep them hot. So they produce heat all and the time. Because they've, got, because they've got high surface area to volume ratio. Exactly. Little. little animals need to stay really warm. So, so they've so got something called brown fat. And the brown fat is the thing which has got lots of this thing. It's called uncoupling proteins. So do the elephants not have that gene? No. Or they do. We do have that gene. We just, we but we're just, just not, not switched, switched on. on. And actually it's thought that you can adaptively increase its production in your body oh, so these are like the people that you, go swimming in the in, in well I'm, i was going to use another example right when darwin ran, went around the world he found these people who were miserable people living in tierra del fuego right yeah. on the tip of south america they sort of wandered around naked they didn't have any proper clothes but they seemed to be able to just sort of snuggle up on the beach naked in the snow and be and stay fine. warm and it's thought that those people had adaptations in that particular gene to enable them to produce heat through the food they were eating so they Amazing. could effectively burn the sugar and make themselves warm, basically. That's cool. So there you go. You're turning on a heater. You're not cold anymore! Third yeah. track, yeah. Bad Boys. I came oh, ac- great film. I came across this paper. Did you? A paper called Personalities with Dark Personalities Tend to Create a Physical Attractive Veneer, 2012, by a gentleman called Nicholas Holtzman and Michael Struby of Washington University. Mm. What this is a study of is a study of how um, uh, women are attracted to men who are a bit like uh, a bit who are like a bit the bit bad, but like bad boys, you know, people that just kind of like. Um, That's generally what happens. They, do you know? How are they, we going into sexist realms here? Well, I don't know. So, do men like women who are bad girls? Well, uh, well, this I is kind of do sometimes. <laughs> this is what this study this study attracts ladies. So the um, sorry, yeah, they call it's it Christmas. I've been drinking. The um, what, what the, so here's the uh, abstract of the paper. Yes. Which personality traits are associated with physical attractiveness? Mm. Recent findings suggest that people uh, people high in some dark personality traits such as narcissism, Naughty psychopathy, uh, and oh, and and uh, and psychopathy uh, can be physically attractive. But what makes them attractive? And so they went through and they did like a like a study. Naughty people. Naughty people. <laughs> So basically, people fancy naughty people. Yeah, so they call this the dark triad, which is Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. Do you ever find? That, do you ever feel that you yourself are attracted towards slightly naughty, dangerous yes, ladies? Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. 
but only in weak moments. No, Usually, I like time. it. They're, no, they're the most interesting. No, I'm in a very lovely, stable relationship with a lovely person, <laughs> and I'd never be drawn to those sort of people anymore. <laughs> but in the past, it's definitely happened. Yeah, so what they did is they got a load of people in, they, yes. evalu- they yes. uh, students in. Yes. They evaluated their yes. attractiveness. Yes. They got, and then they dressed them up in different clothes. Right. And then asked them to evaluate their attractiveness. Right. Um, and like when they dressed up in like, uh, like naughty uh, clothes, naughty clothes, basically, <laughs> like What's leather, like, clothes? like rebel without claws, well, like, like, you know, yeah. like in Greece. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Surely they they'd be say. dressed up in like a hoodie and trousers that don't go all I the way. Don't know, up to but, the waist. Yeah, but the point is, is they got like basically they found this if you if you dress differently. This is one of those those psychology studies that the Daily Mail hates. Is that basically says if you dress differently, people fancy you more or less. <laughs> hubba hubba anyway bad boys Steve blinded by your grace blinded by your grace how useful do you think embryonic stem cells are really useful do you Steve's Moving being on. Arta- he's being like sarcastic embryonic stem cells I do think they're how useful. many diseases are they currently in clinical trials to treat ooh ten two really there's there's only two clinical trials to my knowledge which of embry- use embryonic stem cells, stem cells. right okay or any in any pluripotent cell. So what's this got to do? One of them's being well, blinded by my grace. Blinded by your grace. Yeah, go on then. Well, I'm just it had blind in it. I just thought. Bl- oh, know. like a blind trial. It's That's a bl- it's a trial. No, it's right. not a blind trial. Oh, right. It's if you're if you've got they're being used for eye problems. Okay. So people who have con- blindness basically. Different sorts of blindness. The only trial that's being used. I think people will find that surprising because embryonic stem cells have been here for 20 years. You hear them all over the place. You think they'd be using left, right and centre injected into all parts of your body to make you better. But no. Blindness is pretty much the only thing. And does it work? No. It's just being used for safety at the moment. So they're just doing it to find out whether it's safe. Okay. That's as far as we've got. So we've been we've had academic research on something for twenty years, yeah. and basically so far we've got is just to test whether that's we can put them lot. in people. That's your lot. God, that's, it takes ages, doesn't it? That's it science yeah. stuff. Jeez. Big for your boots. So, um, how big are your feet, Steve? I've got size ten feet. Oh, have you? That's Quite same small. as me. Yeah. Because you're a big chap. I'm pretty big. Does yeah. that mean you've got a small willy? That's exactly what that means. Yeah. Can we, can we move on to talk about some science? Yeah. <laughs> so big V boots. What are the most famous boots, Nick? Um, Puss in boots? No. And these boots are made for walking? No. Vote um, tiger specific, feet? Specific, specific type of Wellington boot. Wellington boots? The Wellington boot. Do you know what Wellington boots, um, would you know when they were invented? Um, in, let me guess, I would say they were invented in 1812. He's good, isn't he, listeners? 1815. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. Well, that was the Battle of Waterloo, 1815. So, yeah, um... Did you know five Battle of Trafalgar? 1815 Battle of Waterloo. Wellington, famous victory against want, Napoleon. Do we want to list any more famous dates while we're here? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, 1815, was the, they became fashionable from a portrait. Anyway, I started looking at them. Do you know what um, Wellingtons are made of now? They're not obviously made. They used to be made of leather, um, but we don't make them. Like polythene. Um, they're made of uh, PVC, polyvinyl chloride. Right, which is a bit of a wonder plastic. And I just is that to like have what records moment. are made of? That is so vinyl. The vinyl from when we say a vinyl record is a polyvinyl chloride. So Vi- could I make wellies out of my records? They're exactly the same material. Yeah. Shit. They've got different amounts of plasticizer in them. Which slightly them more soft. rubbery, aren't they? They're just, yeah, but the, but the so chemistry... they've not got rubber in them? Nope. Were they ever made of rubber? Uh, you, I think they have been yeah, yeah. made of rubber. Yeah. But yeah, you use PVC for things like pipes, cables, construction, signs, clothing, furniture, healthcare. It's all over the place. Sexy see-through uh, clothes. Sexy see-through clothes. You also do things like um, 
You know the bit on um a uh you know the red bit on a Swiss Army knife? No. Oh the the actual casing. Yeah. Yeah, PVC. that's PVC. PVC. Crikey Moses. Well, yeah. blow me down. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I'd never thought about that before. <laughs> and now I find out that the, the plasticky bit on a pen knife <laughs> is made of plastic. Well, do you know what, do you know what vinyl <laughs> means in polyvinyl chloride? I don't. It's only some chemistry. So it just means it just means carbon double bonded to another carbon is, is a vinyl a group. Like, like an ethylene group is I vinyl. It's like a circle in the vinyl. It's no, like no, no that's styrene. You're oh, talking yeah, about. yeah, yeah, shit. Right. I love teaching You learn something new every day, don't you? All right, done. Bosh. Velvet, Steve. Tell me about Velvet. What do you know about... This is Christmassy. What do you yeah. know about reindeer antlers? Um, what do I know about reindeer antlers? Um, they're made of keratin? They're not. <laughs> are they not? They're made of bone. <laughs> are they really? They're made of bone. All antlers are made of bone. Okay. And do you know what on the sur- what you've got on the surface of them as they grow? I don't know. Velvet. Really? It's called velvet. It's a skin-like, very highly vascularized substance. Yeah. They're one of the most outrageous examples so that of fact- sexual selection. Hugely energy intensive. Yeah. Big bony growth. They grow very rapidly over a period of a few weeks. Highly vascularized. Bone just emerges out the skull. Weird, Imagine if you just had bone just growing <laughs> yeah, yeah. randomly with a very, very bloody sort of skin on the surface that eventually just peeled away. So the reindeer velvet is actually used for a lot of things. Okay, so the velvet's the bit that covers the bone before it's like, before the bone's pierced through. Is that what you mean? It covers the bone entirely and then gradually drops off. And then the, actually the bones die. Right. So when reindeer are doing all that butting stuff. It doesn't hurt them. Well, the bone's actually dead by that point. Oh, right. So the bone just dies. So what, what does it mean to, for bone to be dead? Does it mean there's no living cells in it? Is that what it means? Yeah, it means there's no blood supply in it. And it becomes kind of sort of, yeah, sort of dry and... And so, dead. If, so if you took out someone's bone, if you took out my my femur now, it's very bloody. There's a yeah. lot of blood in bone, but right. it's important in medicine because there are some people trying to use mimicry from antlers to make better prosthetic legs. Right, and they want they do it because the thing about antlers is they keep they growing gr- back. Well, they grow out of your skin. Yeah. So you've got bone interfacing with skin. After the velvet's gone, the bone interfaces with the skin. Yeah, but the yeah. bone projects outside the so body. It's, like it's a... rather like teeth in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this this is a real, you know, this is an interesting um, uh, sort of thing that we can take advantage of because when you lose your leg, they'll put on a sort of plastic stump or some kind of, um, you know, a synthesized stump that just sort of fits over the end of the stump of your leg. Yeah. There's no in, no mechanical interface. It's tied yeah, yeah, yeah. on pretty much. What, what, we spoke about this before. We yeah. have, yeah. With so this thing vet. called ITAP. So ITAP, where the actual what you, you're trying to do in that case is you're actually interfacing an implant so just with like, the bone. It projects like, through the skin. It's like a just metal like an thing. Just like an antler. Yeah, and they yeah. and and some of the um, advances in the design of these things come from studying how antlers work. So they look at the yeah, interface of the skin and the antler. And they try and recreate it on the metal bone that's bonded to your bone underneath and juts out. And basically, the reason people try and do that is because it gives a much better mechanical integration with the artificial leg and your skeleton. It's good, isn't so it? We're, kind of, we're kind of learning, learning from biology. It teaches us yeah. how to do these things. Mm-hmm. Clever, isn't it? Yeah. Nick, Mr. Skeng. What, what the hell does Skeng mean? Skeng um, is, a, um, is a word for a knife or a blade. 
So, did you go on Urban Dictionary to find that yeah, out? Yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs> I had to go on Urban Dictionary right. to review these. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of thinking about, do you know what, like, um, I, uh, it, the, when I was going through these track listings and trying to think up something to talk to you about yeah. science-y, um, it really made me think of Christmas because it, it made me think of, you know, the um, Guinness Book of Records? Oh, you've got one upstairs. Yeah, 2018, it's in my box. Oh, brilliant. When I have a number two, I'll read a, I just, a it fresh really, entry. They're always, they're always my favorite. The, the, the ones were about how big, how small, how fast, how slow. They're always the, the pages they that always exciting, in, yeah. intrigued me. Yeah. So it's thinking about a knife. So what do you reckon the sharpest thing is? Um, I don't know. So um, on, It's not any of the knives in my kitchen. That, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they can't even cut a tomato. <laughs> and you know, I'll tell you what, cutting an onion's a hazard. Oh. <laughs> You know what, I'll buy you a knife sharpener. Um, yeah, so the thing, uh, actually, the, the, there's a really interesting, um, the sharpest knife I've ever made is a tungsten needle, um, which tapers... Which, which tungsten been, needle? Yeah, um, it tapers down to the thickness of a single atom. So it basically it's just this tiny little That's kind of ridiculous. needle. Yeah, it's, um, so you take tungsten wire in an atmosphere of nitrogen and expose it to a strong electric field in, in, a, in a, a machine called a uh, field iron microscope. You're like melting it. You're just melting just the tip to of it. To a tiny little tip, like to a teasing it out. To, to a tiny one, little tip. Yeah, and they use it in this Jeez. technology called scanning tunnelling microscopy. Which so is, is it like I could kill someone with the old tungsten tip, man? I think you'd have to try. They're pretty small, these things. But You could you know, stab someone, man. You could stab them if you tried hard. W- would it... Because the it thing is, when I, think, when I think about things that are sharp, like yeah. they've got to be sharp, they've got to be strong, right? Because I imagine yeah. that'd be pretty brittle if you stab someone it's, with it's an pretty, atom. It's, these are very thin. Do you reckon very I could small. do you, though? Do you reckon I could kill you? This is my Ali G voice, by the way. I'll bleed you, man. I'll bleed you. (laughs) Stephen, um, the next one is um, cigarettes and kush. Okay. What's kush? Well, this is another um, Urban Dictionary one. Yeah. It's like... We're so down with the kids, aren't we, Nick? It's like marijuana, man. Ah, Okay. I think so. Anyway, yeah. Do you know there's lots of different? I'll t- I'll come to this a bit later on. But do you know that? Um, do you smoke marijuana, Steve? Uh, I don't know, Nick. Have you ever smoked marijuana? I have never. Have you not? Never. I have. Totally legally, because it's legal in some jurisdictions. Sure. Um, it's a. F- it, it can be a fun thing to do because it makes you feel happy. <laughs> Why does it make you feel happy? Because that's like, well, that's what drugs do. They're not all drugs. Most drugs make, make you feel happy or better. Otherwise, why would you take them? <laughs> I'm going to take this sad drug now. <laughs> I'm going to go out onto the streets and take this drug that makes me feel really awful. Really depressed. No, they work really well. But the thing about them is that people still don't really understand how they work. Okay. That's kind of the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but no, do you know, so one of the main... <laughs> Come on, Nick. One of the main substances that activates the... Because um, they're... Um, they're called THCs, right? Yeah. Cannabinoids. So that's the kind of active pharmacophore. Yeah. Um, in a... In a, in a um, and one... Yeah. In so, marijuana. So they work by, by switching on these receptors. One of them's called actually called anadamide, and it's from a Sanskrit word meaning bliss. Oh, that is good. And, you know, they can be treated, used to treat a whole range of conditions, like um, multiple sclerosis, addiction, pain, obesity... And things like that. So they're very good. And, yeah. you know, occasionally, you know, you can take them and they're great. Uh, there you go.
21 gun salute. Isn't this a bit like Royal? Um, well, I was going to talk about guns. Why? So, gunpowder. Do you know what gunpowder is? <clears throat> um, I bet you probably do. This is a good uh, pub quiz question. I don't, actually. It's sulphur, charcoal, and um, potassium nitrate. <clears throat> Saltpeter. Um, so exactly right, yeah. Mm. So, if you was them together, set them on fire, they explode. Potassium nitrate, sulfur, and carbon. Yes, yeah, so, so potassium nitrate is actually is the oxidizing agent in that case. So so it's kind of losing electrons. It's giving them it's up. It's the to electron form. donor. It is. Uh, yes, it is. Mm. Um, so I wanted to tell you. So I'm thinking about explosions. It's the earliest known ex- like. Um, you like uh, explosions, don't you? I'm Steve? a chemist. Mm. That's what we do. Um, I went. I'd see a talk by you'll like this guy. There was a guy. Right, he was interested in looking at nitrogen-containing compounds, right? So nitrogen likes to form a triple bond, right? Which is actually, so the nitrogen in the air is, there's two nitrogen atoms, we call it molecular nitrogen. And that has, forms a triple bond. It's the strongest chemical bond we know of. So right? it's N2. Yeah. With so it's like an N, three bonds, another in between. N. Exactly. That's and mega strong, is it? It's the strongest chemical bond that we, Ever? Know, of, that we know of, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Whoa. It takes a huge amount of energy to break it, which that is why I think like... A huge amount of energy is like liberated when it forms. Exactly. Right. Goodness but there's a very strong... Me. So I went to see this person. So so basically there's a big, what we call a thermodynamic driving force. It really wants to form N2. and it when Because it, when it does, it gives out loads of energy. So it's a very stable molecule. Um, but this guy was doing, he was making big rings of nitrogen. So rather than making with two... Uh, bonds. He was making them with one and alternating single and double bonds. So N with one bond, N with two bonds, N with one bond, N with yeah. two bonds. And basically, these are incredibly unstable compounds because all they want to do is explode, right? Give out a load of energy, and then form nitrogen. But the answer he, he was giving this really talk. He was saying it's one of the, but it would be completely untraceable as an explosive because basically the only byproduct of the explosion is you know like after fireworks go out, you can kind of smell smell the sulfur in the air. Don't see that with this kind of thing. It'd just be nitrogen. You wouldn't be able to tell it. But then people would be like, "Oh, don't smell anything. It must be nitrogen bomb." No, but, but you wouldn't. But you wouldn't know. That, you wouldn't know an explo- how one explosion would happen. But why is that? Who cares, man? Well, that's what chemists get excited by. Yeah, but like, if you've got to blow something up, why do you care whether someone knows what's well, it's, going on? Well, because we're researching different ways of making stuff explode. But like, isn't it cool that just nitrogen, something you think is completely inert that you would suffocate if you breathed? You know, it puts out fires. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. actually, if you just make change the chemistry of it and put it in a ring, super explosive. Bloody hell! Yeah. Next one. Blinded by your grace too. He has to do the same, the same thing twice. Got nothing, Steve. Move on. Return of the rucksack. Really? Return of the rucksack? Yeah. Like Return of the Mac? Return of the Mac. But there's already... Is this like a sequel to Return of the Mac? No. Return of so. the rucksack? No, don't think so. Sorry, why has he done a song called Return of the rucksack? Well, I don't know. You can't... You can't be... I don't know what it's like, he's It's thinking. like the gators are back. So, do you know what... Where are my boots? He's got boots and he's now he's got rucksack. Is this guy secretly Stormzy? He's a rambler. He's a rambler. But why is he Must obsessed be. with... He's, the next one I've with seen is called A Hundred Bags. <laughs> yeah. It's like a really, really long trip. So rucksack, who uses rucksacks, Nick? People like me. People like you. And I was thinking about explorers. I wanted to talk to you about a little bit of my, one of my favourite explorers. Yeah. Uh, Afro Russell Wallace. Oh, yeah. So, he's more of a naturalist. Yeah, but he was kind of... A, a, he kind of... Give, give me an explorer. Um, so he wrote a book called The Malay Archipelago, which is kind of his travel journey. Yeah, I've read it, Steve. And in you it... You bought it for me, didn't you? Uh, I think I did, yeah. Mm. 
in it, there's a really good passage I wanted to talk about, talk to you about. Oh, right, okay. So, so um, Alfred Russell Wallace, for those that don't know, is the kind of co-discoverer of evolution by natural selection with Charles Darwin. Sure. And uh, he, but he, was, um, he wasn't the kind of landed gentry of, of uh, Charles Darwin's kind of stock. He was a bit more kind of, a bit more of a punter. Um, and he used to go, well, he made his money by going out to um, India and Malaysia and those, uh, Indonesia, sorry, Malaysia and places around there. And uh, sending back loads of like skeletons, which is what naturalists used to do then. Right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like you're very good at preserving things by going to go and shoot a load of animals mm-hmm. <laughs> and then export them back. And I think in the you know, the Museum of Derby, I think there's still a um, skeleton of a um, orangutan. Mm. And that was what we got famous for. We got really interested in the, the orangutan in Borneo. Um, there's a great there's a great quote out of it where he talks about um, they call them he calls them my ass instead of orangutans from this book but he talks about the ultra animal fighting competition he talks about about orangutans fighting crocodiles isn't that cool this is from uh, you know his, his expedition from 1854 so I wanted to read it to you he says uh, he said um, no animal is strong enough to hurt the my ass or the orangutan the only creature he ever fights with is the crocodile when there is no fruit in the jungle, he goes to seek food on the banks of the river, where there are plenty of young shoots that he likes and fruits that grow close to the water. When the crocodiles sometimes arise to seize him, um, the, uh, the, um, the Mayas gets upon him and beats him with his hands and feet and tears him and kills him. He added that he once had seen such a fight and that he believes that the Mayas is always the victor. <laughs> so basically orangutans are harder than crocodiles. That's what they say. Shit. And he also says that like... Um, Loaded needn't have bothered all those years. He said, they could have just read the Malay archipelago. He said that he always kills the crocodile by main strength, standing upon him, pulling open his jaws and ripping its throat. If a, pyth- a python attacks the uh, orangutan, he seizes it with his hands and then bites it and soon kills it. <laughs> the Mayas is very strong. There is no animal in the jungle so strong as he crikey Moses <laughs> well he heard it here first ultimate animal fighting competitions yeah. don't, don't cry for me okay that's fine um, thionyl chloride what do you know about thionyl chloride um, so it's, it's a chemical like compound. Thionyl. So it's sulfur, some OH groups with the Cl somewhere in it. Yes, uh, SOCl two is what you what you've got. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a so it's a colourless liquid um, that smells bad apparently, but it's also a thing called a lacrimator. It makes you cry. Makes you cry. Mm. Don't cry for me. Yeah. Um, also, thionyl chloride. Um, it's a very common. Um, they use it in batteries. A Do lot. they? Yeah. So you can make batteries a bit like lithium ion batteries, but with. Um, uh, the counter ion is thionyl chloride. Um, really high energy density, but they're just really expensive. So if you need these examples where you want a battery to last for fucking ages, yeah. use a thionyl chloride battery, but they're like 100 quid for like a AA battery. Won't be but buying it, one of them. But yeah, it's good interesting, isn't it? Crazy titch, man. Crazy titch. Have you ever noticed that shorter people are more angrier than tall people? <laughs> Only anecdotally, like in those uh, those th- those um, reviews in the uh, Daily Mail that it's you hate so much. It's kind of true, man. Crazy titch. Right. So there was a study in 2005 that looked at people, because in Sweden, it's a Swedish study, They everyone gets conscripted, conscripted to do military service, or well, they did back then anyway. Yeah. So they measured suicide rates. 
versus height. Yeah. And then they controlled for mitigating factors like socioeconomic status and even nutrition during pregnancy. Yeah. For every five centimetre increase in height, there's a 9% decrease in suicide risk. Say that that again. For every five centimetre increase in height, there is a 9% decrease in suicide risk. Holy shit. Is it linear? Small people, yeah. Inverse correlation between height and suicide rate. So that's saying short people are really likely to kill themselves. Much more likely to be depressed, and they don't really know why. But they tried to find out, and they couldn't really work it out. And they thought because they can't reach the like all the all the can't can't reach the 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 jazz mags. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Basically, they can't reach the jazz mags. So that makes them really, really sad. Well, that's my hypothesis, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) But it's true. But even you think you're off the hook, right? It turns out that tall people are more likely to be violent criminals. Yeah. So I'm not going to be depressed, but I'm going to, I've got a career ahead of me as a violent criminal. Yeah. So they they went through three quarters of a million men to assess the association between height and being convicted of a violent crime. Huh. Right. People had more of a um, chance of getting um, involved in violent crime than shorter people. Well, there you go. Weird, eh? Crazy titch. Shut up. Yeah, shut the fuck up, Steve. <clears throat> um, you know when you shut... when If you can ever get Nick to be quiet, um, where do you think, Nick? If you, if, you, if you were to shut up, where do you think you're going to be quiet? Where do you think is the quietest place on Earth? The quietest place in the whole Earth? Yeah. Quietest place in the whole Earth? Some cave somewhere. Uh, no. Um, in space? Uh, it's not on the Earth. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be on the surface of the earth or somewhere in the vicinity of the yeah, surface. Yeah, you could of the go earth. to this place. I could go to this place. Yeah. I think it's um, West Bromwich Albion's ground. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, no, actually, it's this place called the Orfield Laboratories in Minnesota. Right. And they have got an anechoic chamber there. Is that basically they've stuck a bunch of sh- eggshell boxes? Basically, that's it, yeah. right? But it's um, inside the room, it's so silent that the um, it's actually got a negative decibels, is how it's measured the, the amount of sound in there. Fuck. They. Um, they challenge people to go in and sit there in the dark for as long as they can. And people can't handle it. They come out, they think like, they go mad. The longest anyone's ever been able to sit there on their own is about 45 minutes. And they say, because basically you start to, you know, like normally when you're listening to stuff, there's like other background noise and stuff. So everything gets drowned out. But apparently in there, you can hear your heartbeat. You can hear your lungs moving, apparently, if you've been in there long enough. Um, and it's like totally freaks people out. And they come, they can hear your stomach gurgling. Dude, I um, could so easily... I could do it for Have a little so sleep. much longer than that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's what I say. It's that's nonsense. That, um, so they use, like NASA uses it as well to help train astronauts and that kind of thing. But isn't it cool? Like, so basically they just, like you say, load of egg boxes, but they it's just this incredibly quiet room where they've tried to. So if you go into it, like the floor's made of um, like a grid, like um, it looks like a, uh, um, just like a, like a mesh. No. So the reason is they've got, so because if they have anything made of, and then they've got those, those egg boxes, those big triangles of sponge, but like the whole the whole floor is actually floating to avoid any uh, reverberations of sound bouncing Jeez, off of stuff. That is quiet, man. Really quiet. Shut, Shut up. up. Transplanting! Bye bye. 
Merry Christmas, Steve. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, that was a bit ho. of a ramble, the, uh, a the uh, Stormzy bit reference. Bit of a freestyle this year. You've got to try these things, haven't you? We have. Um, well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to all of the Shedling. Anyway, um, yeah, if they people like the Science Shed, how can they get in contact they with us? They can tweet us at the Science the Shed or at the Evans Lab for me. And I'm at Steve the Chemist. Um, they and they can, they can, if they would like to feel, if they're feeling particularly generous and like to give us a special Christmas miracle, they could leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great because then other people get to find out about the wonder and the beauty that is the Science Shed. Exactly. Nicholas. We could just send some money. Money would also work. Yeah. We accept all for PayPal. Yeah, we should get one of those little things. donation buttons where people yeah, could donate like money to us. The Patreon links. Yeah. We could do that. Do you know this month is on on course to be the most successful month that the science has ever had? Is it really? Yeah, we're going to have more downloads than we've ever had. Um, and we're big in Japan, Nick. What is that about? I don't <laughs> know that. Do you understand that? No, but for some reason, there's like, we have a lot of Jap- in Japan. What the Shedlings are far and wide. They are global, a global community. Linked together. People, to people like us in Japan. We're crossing cultural boundaries. That's well, that's the beauty of science, isn't it, Nicholas? Oh the, the, the science science does not care yeah, about boundaries and politics. Well, that's good news. Thank you, Japan. Yeah, thanks, Japan. And uh, yeah, happy 2018 to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Bye, bye. everybody. Love you, bye. <laughs>